What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and I am the affiliate marketing manager for Ping Pong Payments. Thank you again for joining us on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and any other consum- or place where you might be watching us. Uh, we hopefully have found us. And if you're watching us later, not on a live uh, channel, uh, welcome. Uh, I have a very special guest today from YLT Translations. Uh, I have Yana, who is the CEO and founder. Um, Let me bring her in. Yana, thank you so much for joining us today on on Crossover Commerce. (laughs) Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's uh, such an honor to be on your podcast. Um, The honor's mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I know we've kind of teased this a little bit in the last, you know, 24 hours or so at the beginning of this week. A lot of people are, are talking and asking me questions of, you know, translation services and what's YLT and like, even within my own company, YLT, wow. Uh, I've seen them everywhere and I've seen you everywhere personally. Uh, so I, I just like to get started with people saying, what's kind of your background? Maybe tell us a little about, about who you are. Um, right. what led you to, you know, YLT and how to start that company. Right. So, um, I have a background in languages. I'm actually a certified translator and I speak five languages. So this is what I went to school for and got my bachelor's and master's degree uh, 12 years ago. Uh, so you can count like how old I am now. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we won't do the math. <laughs> no, 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 we won't. Uh, so, and uh, I was always really passionate about languages and uh, I, I've always wanted to do something on my own. Like um, ever since I was, uh, you know, like in high school or university, I used to teach, you know, languages on the side, like tutoring and translations and stuff like that. And then when I was uh, 20, I got my first job at uh, this uh, uh, little startup. Uh, there were Danish-based uh, startup that was outsourced to Belgrade, Serbia. At that point, they only just had this uh, call center and uh, they hired me to be a Danish representative. So I had to have a fake name. So my fake name was Heidi Larson. And I was just you know, answering that name? call. Yeah, I came Where'd... up with that name. I have no idea why, but I kind of, I handpicked like Heidi Larson. That was my alter ego. Okay. And like, and I was like, um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just it's okay. It's a, it's a name and yeah. And it's, and it stuck with you. That That's very interesting. Yeah, that's it. Like I was really happy. I'm like Heidi. I, I, I kind of liked how Heidi sounds and I'm like, I should pick like a random Danish name. And it was like Peterson or something like that. I'm like Larson, like Haiti Larson. And this is that, that was that. And so I was working there and then they were, um, they were scaling very, very quickly. And at that time that was like 10 years ago, we were doing like a SEO when it was not called SEO in the first place. That was called uh, like uh, posting links on backlinks on forums. Like this is what we were doing. Oh my gosh. And we were writing some keywords <laughs> and stuff like that. Nobody knew what we were doing. And uh, fast forward to uh, seven years later, the company grew to have like 400 employees. They were cross-selling across 15 different marketplaces, uh, 15 different countries. Uh, I was chief operations officer. And then later I was very interested in the business development. 
Um, so I, I went over to be the business development manager. A very good thing is that like throughout those eight years, I literally went through all of the sections, different department, departments of a country, which you don't get to experience that often, even if you don't build that yourself. And uh, I was very, very you know, um, interested in e-commerce and Amazon. They started selling Amazon like 10 years ago. This is when I first found, uh, heard the word buy box. You know, it was very, very interesting for me. And um, that's where when I saw like doing the international marketplaces, I saw that, you know, the translations were not good anywhere. Like we, we were not as a company investing a lot in those. And then I always thought, I always thought that, you know, good uh, translation is a very good investment. And then after, like we started hiring native translators doing some sort of a keyword research because there was no helium 10 for instance at that day uh right. we started getting some really better results better sales and it was just like like with tiny effort it was not like done the the way it was supposed to be in full and i was like hmm, this is very interesting and so I, that was kind of my live case study you know because Nobody didn't care about, 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 much about Amazon in the company. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I, whatever I want. So it, it was like as if I was a seller. And um, after eight, eight years, I decided to, to quit my job because I really thought that, you know, I should not work for anybody else and that I should work for me and myself. And um, the, the trigger was that I definitely, not, not only me, but the people at the company, they were not... Um, treated with respect and uh, with any sort of uh, appraisal they would you know they would not give you a raise like you know like i was sent to russia to open a completely new branch of the company and it took me two years i did everything and they gave me a 50 euros bonus <laughs> 50, oh my gosh. and that's like 70 dollars and i was like right. are you serious and i asked for a bonus and they didn't even give me these 50 euros i had to ask for this to get to, to get a raise or to get a bonus and that was just like, you know, I mean, that was, then it was, that, that, that pulled the trigger. And I'm like, okay, so you are definitely going to quit the job because you deserve like your decisions and what you can do. Like you should do that for yourself and not for somebody else who's not gonna, uh, you know, who's not gonna just, they're, they're never going to be able to give you what you deserve uh, because you're working for somebody else. I mean, a couple of cases, yes. But they will not treat you with, you know, with something that I think thought that I deserved. And a lot of people that I know uh, don't appreciate themselves enough that they um, quit the job. They stay and work for somebody they hate, or they stay with this lousy work they have. They hate, they hate the work as well, and that they don't don't do anything good for themselves. So I'm not a risk taker. I never changed my life overnight. Uh, it took me three years to quit my job. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't have the balls to do it i was just like sitting over there and being like i don't know i'm really miserable here let me check my 50, 50th youtube video today and 50th <laughs> tutorial on how to change my life but i'm not gonna do anything about it this week nor this month or this year so it took me about three years to quit my job and uh, after after i did i was incredibly proud of myself it really took me forever uh, and uh, that's when i started wildsea translations as a regular translation agency we were first offering like solutions and I was doing some e-commerce consulting because um, I can build an e-commerce from scratch. Like I have so much knowledge because of what I learned in this previous company that I grew to be like an e-commerce consultant. I didn't even know I could do that, but I could. Um, and then um, while D Translations was born and we were doing uh, translations for websites, for, uh, um, for payment service providers, like basically focusing on e-commerce in general. 
So we were offering also Amazon translations. And then after about six months, I saw that I think uh, I saw that the, the um, Amazon had a really great potential, and that we don't have that uh, that many competitive field. Of course, I mean there are and there still are today, but not as many as with the regular e-commerce translations. And these were companies that were there for 40, 45 years. They, they had all these like certificates, um, uh, standards, etc. And I just thought that it's going to be a, a lot of trouble and a lot of money that I should invest that I didn't have at that time. And I'm like, why don't I focus on Amazon only? I know so much about it. I could train people for this because those translations are special type of translations. And I think I'm just going to offer Amazon and I'm going to niche down. And I'm like, hmm, this is like, you know, like it's good to niche down, but then kind of you have like only one simple service. Like you really want to, you know, do this. And then I had this like really good feeling and I decided to follow, follow my gut. And I'm like, I just want to do this. Let's just niche down and do only this thing. And that turned right. out to be the the best decision I've ever made, honestly. And to this day, I never regretted a single day when I decided to niche down and do one thing. And uh, people often ask me, like, do you do like PPC? Do you do like uh, account management? And I'm like, no, like we, we don't do that. And we will never do that because I, I just really want to offer like this exclusive uh, niche service that is one of a kind and I'm going to stick to it and, and that's it. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, there's, that was such a great story. I think kind of that you go through what a lot of entrepreneurs, I think on Amazon do is you just are finally like tired of it. What, what was that one thing of your current status and you wanted to do something for yourself? What was that one thing that pushed you over the edge? You said it took three years to quit your job. What was that? Is there a moment? that you can think of, you're like, this is it, I'm doing it. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> that, that decision came to me exactly, you know, three years before I quit my job. And oh, okay. uh, the, yeah, what triggered me was that they gave me a 50 euro bonus for two years uh, worth of work uh, sure. in a foreign country where I set up like everything, like bank accounts, auditors, uh, the office furniture, I hired the complete staff. It was like a lot of work you would get like at least five figures to do that for anybody else right and they offered me 50 euro bonus and i was just like That's, this is a joke right this is right. just insulting <laughs> you know it was very insulting and i was just like come on and then from that point it was three years so i was um I'm, i wasn't really it was really really uh hard for me to change something so radical in my life and especially because i'm born i mean i've lived abroad and like i travel all the time and um, but I'm born and raised here in Belgrade in Serbia, and that is Southeast Europe. And it's mm -hmm. kind of a Eastern Europe mentality uh, from like basically everyone from my parents to my friends that once you get a really good job, you stay at the, and work in the very same company until you are retired. Like that's it. This is okay, the, yeah. if you have a good job, if it's a well-paid job, and my, my job was very, very well paid for for Serbian standards. And, you know, my parents, when I told them that I want to quit my job, like I, my mom got so upset. She didn't even talk to me for a couple of weeks because I dare to quit such a well-paid job. And I'm just, you know, I'm spoiled and I'm like, you know, you know, the, the, the answers you get were, were something like, you should be happy to have that job. Like, why are you like that? You should be grateful to have that job, you know? And this is all that was coming to me from my friends from my family because this is the mentality over here and people don't do 
they don't they don't do online things like even today people are just like i don't really understand what you do because like there's no amazon over here and people don't um understand that they don't understand what's ppc it's like very abstract term for, for them to offer something virtual is like you know selling magic or something you know so a lot of people a lot of people i mean now of course they support me and everything and they, they they try to understand what i do but overall the climate is not like e-commerce oriented and uh, a lot of people do freelance but uh, most of people don't own the companies or are a service provider most people tend to do like freelancing or do some like small projects on the side of their secure job you know because mm -hmm. people don't risk that much um over here because that's just uh, how they have been told for generations and that kind of runs in you know genetics and family and it's as that is overall it's a, it's a mentality like this you know like right. uh compared to the us it's like you know here and we are here and it's you know it's unbelievable so i well, think that's also one of the reason that it took me to to quit my job for three years and me personally i was not uh i was not confident enough i was doubting myself i was not comfortable with that situation so i kind of prolonged it the the the, the most i could literally and then, you know, I think it, it had to do also with uh, meeting uh, Lazar, my current boyfriend. Uh, we met at the company and then he was like, you should quit your job. You should do it. You're, you're so miserable, blah, blah. You should hate, you should, you should like, you know, quit the job you've hated so long. And then, you know, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I think I should do it. You know, I think that somebody so close to me supported me uh, because I want to do that kind of actually made me do it. No, that's, I mean, that's an amazing story. And I think... I found a lot of truth in what you said. I think a lot of people are naturally scared to make change. I think our gen, I say our generation, like I would consider our our, our two selves the same generation. I think a lot of people go where there is, you know, opportunity, and I think that it's becoming easier and easier for people to say, "Listen, I want to go where people are going to value me as a person, but also, yeah. um, you know." to push myself and be a better like career minded individual. So I think that's very cool. And listening to Lazar, obviously he made the right choice and he probably first saw <laughs> he's like, this is going to be, this is gonna be great for both of us. Um, and you, Yana. So that that's great. So starting, you were an employee of one, right? You at right. YLT were just an employee of one. What's that like starting yeah. a business as a individual person is like, trust me with your services. How did you maybe market yourself? How did you, right. You're like, this is day one. What do I do now? I know. Well, first I was like really heavily depressed because after eight years being in corporate world and, you know, like we had a lot to do with the Danish uh, chamber of e-commerce. It was all like suits and like, you know, high heels, makeup, you know, it was, it was, it was my life for eight <laughs> years. And then after that, like every, just, it was like all taken away from me because I was like at home in my pajamas. And I mean, now I mean, and this is the kind of, it has a different feel to it now after all the lockdowns it doesn't feel so weird that you're in the pajama <laughs> for a couple of weeks but for me at that point it was a disaster and i was like so depressed i'm not a depressed person like by nature a uh, depression person by nature but uh you know that was such a big hit for me that i just you know and then i told myself like come on you should get some makeup you should you know if you put on some nicer clothes you'll feel better but it was easier said than done than actually doing it right and then uh you know after uh, two or three months i'm like okay i have to pull something together nobody's gonna come to you unless you <laughs> market your services right 
And exactly. uh, at that time, I was still saving money to, you know, for, for marketing. I, I could not afford, like, uh, having a couple of thousand dollars per month just kind of, uh, you know, blown, blown to, to marketing without having any, you know, actual results. So basically how I first started is I, I joined every single Facebook group there about Amazon out there. I remember I had like this list and then, you know, I would just double check if they, you know, uh, approved me or not, like every single day. And I just kept on reading what people are posting over there and see what answer was, what, what questions I could answer as, uh, you know, as a person, like this random person just, I didn't even write like wildly translations on on Facebook as my uh, uh, place of employment at back then. I was just kind of reading and being like, let's see how much I could help these people here. Right, and observing then, uh, and establishing yourself as a person yeah, of expertise. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is this new person, Jana Krekic. Like nobody knows who I am, and you know, here I am, just you know, reading these questions and answering. You know, and sometimes maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not. But, you know, but that's the beauty of Amazon. Sometimes you can have your theory and uh, it doesn't have to be true, but neither does anything else have to be true in some certain things. It's like, according to my experience, you know, and then, you know, like people would be like, okay, let's try this. Because like in Amazon, it's all like A-B testing, right? It's always like testing and testing and results and like seeing if this works or not and things change the whole time. So I just started answering questions about like international marketplaces about languages, about, I don't know what. And then uh, it was such a great uh, moment when I got my first email. That was like uh, two months after my, like, you know, posting engagement in these Facebook groups. <laughs> and I got an email from Katie. I will never forget that. She was like in beauty products. And she told me like, hey, I found your post on Facebook. Uh, because I was so afraid that, you know, like I always have to comment something so that it does, you know, the people don't forget me or so that, my, that the post doesn't, you know, get older, but people actually search the keywords in those groups. So your post shows up, even though, even if you wrote it like six months ago, people are still going to dig it out and read right. it and you're going to be relevant. And then I was like, oh my God. So like all of my posts are like there forever. They're like in this database, you know, sort of. And uh, you can, she said yeah, this, you can't you can't get rid of everything. It's always no, out there on the no. internet. <laughs> yeah, right. It's there forever. So what are you writing? So and then Katie sends an email. It was December that same year, and I, I quit my job in October. Uh, it, yeah, sorry, beginning of September. And then uh, you know she sent an email. Katie says like you know, hey, I would like to get my listings done and my manuals and my follow up emails. And I was like, oh my god! And at that point, like. <laughs> I had a couple of people like, uh, you know, on standby uh, that were doing uh, translation. They were professional translators and I trained them, but they were like a, more of a freelancers. I would hire them when we have a project, you know, and I mean, I talked to them like in, in September, you know, and I'm like, they probably forgot about me, right? And so like, I brought them like, we have a project, like we have a project. And, uh, and then we did our first uh, thing and like, but honestly, like that email, I was, Re rereading that like that whole day, and then I'll just go back and be like, sit at my computer and be like, oh, it's still there. It's real. We got an email, <laughs> and uh, that was such a big moment, and it was so funny. And um, and from from that, you know, from that, uh, the client things kind of st started uh, rolling very, you know, slowly. But uh, then I got like more and more exposure in those like really big Facebook groups, and people were like liking my comments and. And I was leaving our website and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I decided I'm not a much of a like a public speaker. 
and I was very nervous and like I was not feeling comfortable I'm not even comfortable doing this but people think I love it but I, I like <laughs> I, I really don't feel comfortable all the time like doing the podcast and stuff uh but uh, just because I don't feel like uh, extra confident or whatever and then uh, I decided to go outside of my comfort zone and I'm like look like if you want more people to get to know about you you have to present something to them some good content or something and um you know youtube channels or podcast on my own at that point it was just like i can't do that so let's just go and like talk to other people who have those and present them to um, and, and present yourself to their audience because i basically needed like somebody who has like a big audience and then the first person i contacted this was like february i contacted uh, augustus from orange click right right and then um friend of the show was, uh, who's on earlier yeah. this week <laughs> yeah, this, this is great. And then uh, I reached out to him and he was like, um, who are you? And, I, and he was like kind of rude, you know? And uh, I was like, I have some really good content. Like nobody talks about this. Let me give a shot. Let me give a chance. He's like, why TL? Why LT? What did I just, I cannot even pronounce that. And I was like, oh my God. And like, this was like my first outreach to anyone. And he was <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I don't think this is going to work. And I was like, oh seriously man like no and then he was like sorry you know and and uh, after that he said no to me exactly five times i tried <laughs> reaching out it was five times i told him this last year and he was like no i'm like yeah that's what happened and then after the fifth time because i was so you know persistent and this is like something uh, my life in the states taught me that you know you have this Serbian mentality where here if somebody says no you don't come again because you're just going it's very embarrassing you're right. it's very embarrassing to do that because no if somebody says no you go home and like you cover yourself with a blanket and be all sad and don't go there again <laughs> right but like in the states they like they, they tell you like if somebody closes the door you knock knock again and you knock again until they open it and they give you a chance because you're so freaking persistent right and and I was like, okay, so this is my business. If I don't do this myself, nobody's gonna do this for me. And you know, me being like crying and being depressed is not gonna help either, right? And so like I finally after my fifth like outreach, he was like, Okay, let's do 10 minutes and see, you know, maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. So we record this video. <laughs> oh, you're like, in. Yeah, you had your first in. Yeah. Yeah. And we did like a six minute recording about, I don't know, like just marketplaces in general and just the uh, interesting facts about keywords international marketplaces and we got so many clients from from that and augustus was like huh this was good content it was good blah blah you know and he was like let's do something more and uh and i was like sure like definitely we should do it and then after that he invited me to his online conference and after that uh and after that i got invited to my first real-time conference uh next year and then you know literally like from that point the thing just kind of ro started rolling so fast i got to know all the people from the industry because we were at this live conference in prague and uh you know and i was just like oh my god this is so insane and the best thing what, what happened uh at that conference is that i because i speak danish as well and so i got approached by by um uh, the danish guy and he starts speaking english because um it's not like a regular thing that you know people speak danish at all <laughs> so he started speaking and you know and i heard he has like a danish accent and i told him in danish like hey we can switch to danish and he was like oh my god and you know like people always love when you speak, speak their language right they kind of get, get even more friendly i got like tons of uh, clients just because I could speak to them in their own language and they, they didn't expect that.
And, um, and so like I talked to the guy and he was like, oh yeah, you know, but one of our clients is my ex boss with, you know, the, the one I quit my job from. <laughs> and I was like, interesting. And he was like, if you're a very good presentation and I'm like, make sure to tell him that you were listening to my presentation. So what happens is that the, a couple of months later, I got invited to speak at the Danish chamber of e-commerce actually. Oh, wow. And awesome. I was presenting in Danish and I was, oh my God. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't see my boss over there because he was supposed to be there. And uh, right. maybe he didn't even show up because he was furious that I got to talk there. But like for the me, one who got such, away, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for me, that was such a huge win. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I was like, I, I was like, I don't need any clients. This was completely enough. This just made my whole year, honestly. Uh, that he is like, you know, uh, partners were impressed with wild thing and that he will know that I kind of, you know, survived and thrived because, you know, like a lot of people who have like, you know, um, hideous boss would just always let, uh, love you for you to come back begging for work, which is also what he thought that I would do because he was telling this to all of his coworkers. He was so very he, upset when he I thought, He thought that you were going to go out, fail at eat whatever you're going to try. Yeah. And then yeah. crawl back, essentially crawl back. For crawl your, back, beg, begging for, beg. for my job back. Yeah. This is, wow. he, this is what he told uh, one of my really close uh, friends at work, one of you know the coworkers over there. This is wow. what he said. He was like, what's Yana up to? And then my, my friend was like, you know, she's starting her own like agency and blah, blah. And he just laughed and he was like, huh, she's so going to be crawling back and begging for work just any time now. And he was like laughing. And I was just like, uh-huh, we'll see about that. You know, but actually somebody's saying that. It's not like, I think, you know, I actually got to prove that he actually said it out loud. I understand that you might think something like that, but you right. actually approach someone and tell him this. That was just, you know, like the 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 lowest point of anybody's life, honestly, you know, and like, so, yeah, but uh, from that conference, like things started, you know, uh, like just rolling like faster and faster. I got to meet like so many people from the industry. Then um, I was reaching out to a lot of people because now I had like speaking experience. Right. And mm -hmm. so I would always say like, you know, this and that. And like, you know, my topic is uh, very interesting because um, other translation agencies that do what we do, they don't speak at conferences. They don't uh, they do they don't do it the way we do. They don't kind of present themselves as much. I really try to go out there and like, you know, uh, present me at first, you know, and then also our services to people and share some good content so people can try something for themselves and learn. Uh, and um, and I think that's also like what gives us a sort of an edge uh, over other uh, agencies, I think. Uh, and uh, just, you know, after that, like, uh, you know, I, I started reaching out to people for conferences and stuff. And then at the end of that year, I actually got invited and paid to speak at the conference, you know, That's and a I new did, level. Uh, yeah, it's like, and I was just like, wow, somebody wants to pay me and like, you know, get me to speak <laughs> there. And that year, I think I did, uh, I think I did 14 conferences that oh year. Oh my gosh. And those it are all insane. in person. Those are all in person. Yeah. All, all live conferences. Yeah. I'm not counting oh the gosh. online ones. Uh, <laughs> these were all live. I was like literally traveling to a different country every month. And I loved it, you know? And I was just like, I'm gonna spend all of my money on like this travel and everything because it all turned back like so, I mean, it was just insane. I really could not believe what was happening. And then, 
you know, um, at the end of the our first year, we were here for almost three years. At the end of our first year, it was there was only almost 18 people in the team, and that was, you know, the such a like, you know, when I opened, we all live on Slack. I don't have a, an office. We have, we're a remote right. team. But when I open Slack, I have like all these names, and I'm like some of, some of those I don't even know personally, and like <laughs> I'm like this is this is weird, you know, and like scary at the same time. And you're like you have all these people in your payroll, you know. It's like you have to provide work for these people who are now taking care of them, and you know stuff like that. And uh, and fast forward to today, there's the the, the team has uh, reached the number forty three, so we have forty three people in the team. Wow actually and uh i was gonna say so where are where are all your employees located that that's a huge growth from i, I would say what you said three years ago um yes 43 a, are, are they all around the world or are they mostly yeah in they're basically country? around the, they're they're basically around the world we have uh, some of the translators from the translation team are in japan uh you know others are in mexico most of them are uh, located in europe okay. <laughs> we have a lot of um uh portuguese and mexican translators that live in uh, spain or portugal or okay. in that part of europe a lot of people relocate all the time so most of the team is located in europe which is which is fine because i'm fine with the european time zone what can be a problem <laughs> if there's somebody you know like uh, in shenzhen or you know in china or that part you're, of the you're, world so uh, you're speaking to the the person uh that has to deal with that as well so yeah, yeah our, oh my god for, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, for ping pong payments, we are an international company as well. Uh, till, still technically a startup. I'm located in the Eastern time zone. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, but we have team members on West Coast, which is a four hour difference, well, three hour difference for me. And then we have most of our team in China, which is a 12 hour difference, but because of the United States has uh, daylight savings, so we fluctuate times. So now I have to readjust my time in my head of when I'm going to be talking to people in our headquarters in China or around <laughs> in Europe, nowhere else has to deal with these kinds of changes, just the United States. But uh, I, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. And, it's all, and then always like, you know, when we post like new projects, it's always, it's always like central Eastern time, East uh, Eastern time, like EST. And then, you know, it's like all of these different time zones. And then a lot of times you, you just, uh, you just, write a completely wrong deadline you know like a completely wrong hour and be like where is this and they're like well it's not even 11 a.m in the morning where i am and i'm like oh my god where are you you know it's uh it's such a it's such a big mess sometimes you know but uh it's just like you learn through practice that you know you, you right. do these mistakes. you just have to do something for a couple of times to figure out how it works and then you make tons of mistakes and then you kind of you know fix them so when somebody sees you now and they're like oh my god i would you know, make so many mistakes, how you do it. And I'm like, so did I for a hundred times. And now I don't because I'm, <laughs> I'm just used to it. it yeah, I'm just going to do it. So, you know, and, but the, the turning point for the company when it started growing really, really fast is when I learned. And I was, of course, again, very afraid to delegate. And so I was like uh, in operations, like by myself, like I was like buried in work, working for like 15 hours every day because I had to control everything, being everything. And, you know, like I don't speak all these languages, but there are so many other operational things that you had to take care of and then um at one point i was like burning out so bad and then lazar says like okay we're gonna have a, like, a really fabulous vacation it was in february and we were going to fly to the maldives with our friends and i, I was already making like you know like i'm gonna work there and, and lazar is like of course you're not gonna work from the maldives are you crazy 
and also what if there's a wi-fi what is i mean wi-fi there's a poor signal we're not gonna bring a router a router with us like don't <laughs> we're not gonna do it. and i'm like oh, so you think i i i shouldn't work and then he's like yes you, that's the whole point of this vacation you're, it's you're called not vacation work. it's yeah, called vacation and not workation so you know and i was like um okay and then uh what i did is like i i hired for this like there was like kind of you know i'm gonna do this like one time um i i i picked uh, our italian translator and she has been in the company for such a long time and i really i was giving her more and more tasks to do and mm. i was like let's see like i kind of i also like this is like I, you never go go against your gut if your gut tells you I don't think she's gonna be a good fit, but I, I just have to do it and let's see what happens. Like something terrible is gonna happen. But like for me, it was just like, no, I think Luna is amazing. And I just really feel it in like in my like in my gut that I think she's gonna be amazing for this. But I was super scared. And so I was just like, look, Luna, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, you know, uncover all of the company secrets and like let you know all the <laughs> procedures and everything. And you should go talk to people, you should organize this and that. And like I, I talked like the training for her was like a, a week long, like a delegation of like tasks and stuff. And then um, I went to to my vacation and I'm like, okay, I might as well not have the company when I come back. But this is what I have to do. I, I cannot keep burying myself in work. I'm just gonna you know, burn out like more often. And eventually I'm just gonna completely break down. And this is something that I, I, I should not do to myself. So I went to the Maldives and like for the first three days, I couldn't literally sleep. I was having like anxiety attacks. I was just, I could not relax. I was drinking so much so I could relax, right? And I was just like- <laughs> I was gonna say, probably working. a great place to have an anxiety attack, which no, is a beautiful location. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, everything was perfect. You know, it was like, we're in freaking heaven. And then, you know, it was just like, it was not working for me. And I was so under so much stress and like anxiety about the company was gonna happen. And the Wi-Fi was a very weak signal. So I could not even go and check my email. And I'm like, look, like you, there's nothing you can do, nothing. Like I told Luna, if there's a problem, you can send me an SMS, and you know, like, you know, and then I would text her, like, is everything okay? And she's like, <laughs> it is. And, uh, and <laughs> the company has but, not burned down. <laughs> yeah, and then like after like five six days, I started like uh, relaxing more and more and more. And then after like seven days, I'm like, okay, I'm now I'm on vacation. It's gonna be fine either way. You know, probably something something bad will happen, but. I'll take care of it after I'm back and then I'm gonna like find like better procedures and I'm gonna figure this out the better way. So I come back after two weeks and everything is working just fine. Like there was not a single disaster that happened. And I was like, oh my God. And when I saw that that worked, uh, I just decided to delegate like 90% of everything I was doing. I hired some other assistants and like today Luna is our operations manager and I could not think of anybody else who would be better fit for for that role and she has um you know assistant we have project managers we have team leaders we have so many like we have like this whole management system built and that just you know was um i, I was able to do that just because i tried it was way out of my comfort zone <laughs> and nothing bad happened and i'm like okay i'm gonna delegate absolutely everything i can to other people and i'm not gonna bury myself in work because i have so so many like other smarter things to do you know so right. today I basically maybe dedicate like 5% to what I used to do. And then I focus 95% on other things such as, you know, like branding and 
just, you know, talking on podcast, meeting new exciting people and like, you know, uh, procedures and other things and just kind of thinking of like, how can I enhance and scale our business even more, which is something that uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you should be doing that and not burying yourself in operational work. And once you see that that's actually doable and that, I mean, of course, there's a bit of luck as well, because I was lucky to have Luna as the first experiment that worked, you know? If it didn't work, I'll probably be super afraid to delegate. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure that everybody has in mind that person that would actually uh, help them and they can rely on. And I just, you know, uh, I couldn't, uh, I think that's the lesson number one that I've learned from my business, uh, that delegating is everything. That is the beginning of your success. I mean, that's that's a great point to take away. I think you have to try something in order to obviously see if it's successful. And then when it is, you're able to, because everyone's protective, right? In your instance, you started your own business, you walked away, it took you how long, obviously, three plus years to walk away from your old job, you're very protective, it's almost like your child, you wanted it to be successful and didn't want to fail. Um, But that's really cool story to hear that just leap of faith and kind of almost blind, blind trust. It's hard to give that to people. But then also when it's successful, you're like, why don't I just do this more? Like you said, now 90% of your your load is uh, delegated to other people, which is really cool. Um, so, and, and I'll reintroduce us and we'll kind of jump into more of like wild, what YLT does today. So mm-hmm. my name, again, everyone for joining. Thank you again. I'm, we're on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and YouTube live. My name is Ryan Kramer. I work for Ping Pong Payments, which is an international cross-border payments uh, company. We're basically a digital uh, bank account for e-commerce sellers. Um, I have multiple guests on every week which, with our show called Crossover Commerce. Today is Yana of YLT Translations. And Yana is very experienced in, uh, obviously, like the title of her company is Translations. Um, we're talking about international marketplaces, which is what our company at Ping Pong focuses on. Where, what sections does, or countries, I should say, does YLT focus on? We focus on absolutely all international marketplaces that exist on Amazon. Uh, so okay. basically we do all European marketplaces. And also, uh, I mean, we, we always have like this um, info from Amazon what's going to be next so we can get the team ready ahead of time. So sure. we also, so for instance, now we offer Sweden, we offer the Netherlands, we also offer Poland and Czech Republic, which are supposed to roll out next year. Um, they were supposed to roll out the end of this year, but because of all this COVID madness, like it right. got pushed back to 2021. And apart from Europe, we also do Mexico. Uh, we also have translators for Brazil. This hasn't uh, started yet, but I think it's going to be a very interesting marketplace. Uh, we do Canada, we do Japan, uh, we do Singapore, UAE, and uh, Saudi Arabia. That's, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you guys- basically so- we cover all international marketplaces out there. And that's just on Amazon, correct? Yes, uh, just on Amazon. But apart from Amazon, as I was, uh, you know, saying, like uh, we like, we originally did e-commerce general. So we also sure. do also, you know, uh, if you have a website, if you need it in Russian or maybe Korean, like we also covered that as well. But uh, we focus on Amazon translations. But uh, a lot of times, sellers have their own websites build apart from um, Amazon so we can also help with those as well and uh, we also don't do just products you know like we do basically everything that is in connection with your international sales like manuals follow-up emails 
we do um, ads translations, like video ads are very trending right now. And right. I have like this really cool tip about video ads. And um, in the US, a lot of people are doing video ads. Uh, I mean, not as many as you would think. So it's mm -hmm. a very good uh, you know, feature to get activated. They take a lot of surface, they convert like crazy. They take a lot of service, people wanna click on it. But in Europe, not a lot of sellers use video ads. And there's a trick to it. And that is because like video ads in Europe, in order to be shown, they have to be translated in the target language. So if you have a video which has like an English text or person speaking with like subtitles, they also they all have to be translated to German. Otherwise, you would not be able to show the, the video ad in English on the German marketplace. And a lot of sellers in Europe, they don't use that at all, that option. So think like, you know, if there are not that many US sellers who are doing that, just imagine how few of those are doing um, uh, in Europe. So it's a really great opportunity, definitely. So what's, for people who are starting out and thinking about growth in the international business, the, a lot of people I think have a misconception of what do I need to do to prepare myself to be successful? What, right. what, do, you, what do you tell sellers who are coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to first start out. I'm in the Europe. I want to sell in the United States or I'm in the United States. I want to sell in Germany or I want to sell in UAE. What, what, what's that kind of tips list that you are suggesting to those clients? Well, first of all, you definitely have to get registered. I mean, I would always uh, going to the States to definitely want to get the trademark registered. That's absolutely mm -hmm. mandatory. It takes like five to six months and going to Europe, you definitely have to, uh, register for that and for VAT. It also takes a lot of time for that, especially German VAT could be very tricky. But nowadays, I mean, um, Brexit is going to happen in uh, more than a month. And uh, a lot of people from the States who want to uh, expand to Europe, were, were, they were always going to the UK first because of the language barrier, of course. But now, like in 2021, this is not going to be such a good idea because um, FBA uh, warehouses, are not going to be, you know, able to ship your items from the UK warehouse to other European marketplace, European European countries, because um, uh, UK is not going to be part of, you know, Europe anymore. Uh, so it's going to change a lot of things, and people are very angry in the UK because this is going to happen. Uh, so I would definitely suggest uh, German Germany as also being the biggest marketplace. Uh, of Amazon uh, in Europe as, as the first uh, stop, uh, first stop for you in Europe, and then to definitely register for the pan-European program. This is something very, you know, very good because um, Amazon has been adding uh, countries to that pan-European program, and they're going to add even more next year. So pan-European program means that you can sell inside of uh, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, now the Netherlands and Sweden, and of course the UK, but that's going to go away pretty soon. Sure. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be Poland and, uh, which is a very big country. There's like 30 million people living there. They have their marketplace called Allegro, which is in the top uh, 10, uh, uh, marketplaces in the world. Um, I think they have like, uh, uh, 143 million people visit like the website every month. Wow. So it's insane. Yeah. And uh, I think that, that that should also be a very good marketplace. But uh, definitely, if you want to sell in Europe, you want to register for the pan-European program, get your uh, VAT uh, taxes uh, registered and sorted out. And sure. you know, to definitely decide, I, I would always recommend um, FBA. If you want to do it like in the States or in Europe, definitely register for 
for FBA. I know I know that this year there's been a lot of problem with FBA because Amazon just could not deliver all those packages. It was such a big delay. And then a lot of people were switching to FBM. This is fulfilled by merchants, so you don't need the warehouses and stuff. But I think um, I, I think I mean if you if you can do that, like you could switch to that as like a, you know I have my plan B ready. Mm-hmm. But I would always suggest people starting on FBA definitely. Yeah, um, those are great tips. Do you consider with the pan uh, pan your you said pan European program? This is the first time yeah. I'm hearing. So pan uh, European. I, yeah. I apologize for the question. Uh, what is how does one go about uh, selling on that, do you have to be an established seller or can you just apply as a beginner? No, you can just apply. You can just apply and that's it. You just wait, you get approved, you get your numbers and like basically that's it. Um, you don't get your VAT sorted out with the Pan European, you just get registered for this Pan European program and then VAT is something you have to take care of yourself. Like for instance, uh, you can hire a VAT agencies such as like a VASC or you know, like you can hire people who know what they're doing. You definitely want to hire a, a well-established company to take care of your VAT because this is like you know going to like a fake doctor to fix your 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 you know your teeth. You just don't do that, right? So I would always uh, recommend going with a, like somebody that's uh, already an Amazon partner, definitely. Right, and that's where uh, for ping pong comes in. You can actually pay your VAT uh, authorities through our our solution. So something where if you have someone who's doing your uh, payments definitely hit up ping pong uh, and we can help you out with those uh, on a legitimate above board level. So kind of a cool segue uh, into us. So thank you for that. Um, so with, with that program, what are the benefits uh, instead of individually selling on each marketplace, what are the benefits and maybe the setbacks for that right. uh, European program? Well, the benefits are that you have like this one warehouse, it's like an MBA warehouse. And then whoever orders anything like from Italy or Spain or Germany, like it gets shipped out from that very same warehouse. So you don't have to have multiple warehouses in each country. Uh, so Amazon takes care of like all that. You're basically covered to sell everywhere in Europe. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. So and also I'm- what's very interesting for the pan Europeans, sorry, I just remembered this. Um, earlier, um, the reviews were not available. Like you would not, you 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 were not able to see all the reviews for all the uh, European um, marketplaces under your um, product. For instance, you have this, this ASIN number, so it had like different reviews in Germany, and then you had like three, four star reviews in in Italy, for instance. And they changed all that by merging all of the reviews into one. So basically, when you go to Italy, maybe you have like one Italian review, but you get like 500 like or, or German or um, the UK ones. And I think also that they did that because now with all of these reviews, you get kind of uh, a fair start when you start selling a product because getting those first couple of reviews was always a nightmare. And then, you know, if you want to start selling like all across Europe, you have to go to that same nightmare every time you launch your product with the zero reviews and it takes forever. and Sometimes it's, uh, you know, it takes uh, a lot of time and money and it doesn't work so well. So what they did is they merged all the reviews from all of these marketplaces into one. So when you launch a new product in Italy, which you already have maybe in the UK, all the reviews show up and that helps you sell the product even better. In your expertise, would that, is that a benefit to sellers? Because I know culturally, culturally, some products might sell better in Germany versus Italy and so on and so forth. So is that a drawback potentially from this program? Well, uh, I mean, you don't have to sell in all of those countries. I think okay. if you have a bestseller product, for instance, like a lot of uh, 
products that are best sellers in the US, US are also the best sellers in Europe or vice versa. So I, I would suggest if you want to expand, you always start with your best selling product and see how that goes. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's very, very useful you know, to know that basically the products would work on both continents, uh, apart from Japan. Japan is something w very different. <laughs> and you really have to have a very specific product and you really have to know that you know it's a good fit for the marketplace. It's really it's kind of tricky. When you find a good product, it works wonders. But uh, you 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 cannot be sure that your best selling product in the states and Europe will sell equally well in Japan, for instance. So I was always always suggest um, going with your best selling product and uh, just having like a complete like business plan before you start launching. Um, I I think that you know if you want to do it right, you have to. Uh, plan ahead and have like a long-term uh, plan. So like if you want to start like with a new country or new marketplace, uh, we all know that Amazon gives you that, you know, honeymoon period with that, you know, um, it gives you more than your listing deserves in the beginning. But if you don't play your cards well, like you maybe if you decide to get ranked for irrelevant keywords or too broad keywords and Amazon figures out that you are not that important for what you think you are, they kind of push you down and you go away from that page one, you know, and you know what they say, like, you know, where to hide a dead, a dead body it's on page two, you know. So once you are, <laughs> you know, not on the page one, you're just uh, you're nobody and it's going to take you forever for you to to get back there. So that's also very, very interesting, very sorry, important to uh, plan ahead, to have a good business plan, to have your uh, listings optimized, to have your PPC campaigns ready, uh, to know the keywords that you want to get ranked for. It, and it's also very important to do the keyword research for every market separately. So don't just, uh, you know, a lot of times, and this is something which I've seen that uh, a lot of big sellers, you know, they make this mistake. So it doesn't really matter if you're just starting or, a, or an experienced seller when it comes to international marketplaces. Um, a lot of people just use the same keywords. Like, for instance, even if you compare the US and UK marketplace, you will see that the keyword results are not always 100% the same because people search for different things. Maybe have different expressions. Like, you know, like the, the, the most hilarious example I know uh, are, are thongs, right? Like the women right. underwear. Thongs sure. and thongs in Australia, they mean flip-flops, right? So right. you don't want to like use thongs, <laughs> right? In Australia don't use that. Or, exactly. <laughs> no, you know, and I mean, this is just like talking about English speaking countries. So just imagine like how, how big of the differences are when you have countries who have, which have like completely different languages, you know, spoken over there. So that's very, very important. And a lot of people just, uh, you know, give the, the keyword list and they're like, just translate it to Italian or they go to Fiverr or, you know, maybe, you know, they hire a native translator and it's fine, but these translators, they don't know Amazon. So you cannot um, hire someone and expect them to understand why you're doing something that you're doing. If you give the keyword list to translators, they will just uh, translate that as it is. And then, you know, like my suggestion to you would be that if you have like a keyword list that is translated, uh, then um, you would just have to check all of those keywords that a translator translated on Amazon and see if something similar to your potential product shows up or not. If it doesn't show up, then it's not a good keyword. And uh, it doesn't really guarantee that uh, that combination of keywords actually exists in the search engine, right? right. Um, You're talking so about going in and putting those those keywords yes. into if you don't Amazon. Want to yeah, if you don't want to invest in like a tool and do a proper keyword research, if you still want to go with somebody having those keywords uh, just translated as they are, uh, you should just definitely um, you should definitely uh, go and double check all of those keywords or tell your translator to double check that 
on Amazon because if nothing close or similar to your product shows up, then it's, this is completely meaningless. And what people do is just that they, they just translate these lists of keywords and then they put them in their PPC campaigns. It's one big disaster, especially when you are new on a certain marketplace. Yeah, I mean, those are there are so many great tips that we just we just heard from Yana of YLT Translations. Again, everyone, thanks for joining us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, a couple more questions that I personally have. What's kind of the vision for your company moving forward? What's that next step to grow and help Amazon sellers? Is that diversification to different marketplaces? Is that just helping people getting the branding out even more for you? What, what's kind of that next step for Right. Well, I would like, yeah, well, for me personally, what I'm working on is branding. I really want for people to recognize us as the leader in this specific niche. And uh, I would really love for people to, you know, also recognize our colors and our logo like that. Was, that's gonna, I really want to do a really good branding for uh, the, the whole company. And uh, for instance, I love for instance, what Helium 10, you know, is doing, they're doing an amazing, uh, you know, thing with the with branding and stuff. So I would maybe want to do something more similar to that. So that when people, uh, I don't know, see blue color, you know, it's Helium 10. So I would like to see like, we'll see mm -hmm. like three colorful dots. I think of wild tea or, you know, whoever thinks of translation that then they really, they need to, they need to come to us. Right. So that we are well established as a leader in our own field. This is the, my goal for definitely for next year. And I would just really love to get more, publications or you know um i got a call from the new york times uh, uh, uh journalist last year asking me stuff about amazon and then you know i was like really excited i was like oh my god and unfortunately he didn't choose to feature me what i said because it was sure. not that much about international marketplaces he um he um quoted other people but i was just so excited about you know like somebody dig up my name and they asked me stuff you know and i would just really want to work more on that and like creating some really good content and uh, helping more and more people uh, scale. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than when you understand that you made a seven figure seller and eight figure seller just because um, you use your own strategy. So, you know, that, uh, that would make me, make me uh, very proud. So, you know, definitely branding and helping uh, big sellers be even bigger or small becoming bigger, just, you know, basically <laughs> helping Gross. people make more money. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I appreciate that. I know ping pong does the same thing. We try to help right. grow individuals and take that next to moving forward, especially in international marketplaces. I think you'll start seeing that trend. A lot of United States sellers, which is where, yeah, definitely. you know, I'm located. We'll start growing internationally. I think probably more focused in 2021, but, uh, I would consider what you guys are doing. Fantastic. I see you everywhere talking. I know YLT for as short of a time as you've been in the marketplace, I think you guys are doing a great job. Again, shout out to our friends over at Helium 10. Uh, they, they're a consistent brand that people bring yeah. up. I, I worked for a viral launch, so everyone knows that. Uh, yeah, they, exactly. Or Right, right. Viral, viral launch also did amazing branding and they were overall a fantastic company. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same. You know, I want to be something like a uh, very, very big and, you know, well-respected in the community and, uh, I'm also like, what's my also plan for 2021 is that for instance, like Luna, our operations uh, officer, I'm also pushing her to uh, take on more clients to speak at conferences, you know, because I believe that, you know, company is not only one person. It's, uh, you know, because it has to be a couple of people that you kind of push uh, in front and, you know, just give them the chance. You know, I think everybody, 
deserves a, a righteous chance. And, uh, you know, um, considering I had like a really good uh, experience in my previous company in terms of, you know, knowledge and everything I went through and a super bad knowing how horrible the, my, our boss was to us. Like I, this, that's like the one thing I've, I've always, you know, promised to myself that I'm going to be like, you know, a strong but righteous boss and that I'm going to, you know, um, really appreciate uh, all the efforts and everything that my whole team was doing because if they were not doing a good job, uh, I would not be here talking to you today and, you know, just having to share this, this story with you, definitely. Absolutely. And I, there's just so much more I know we can talk uh, uh, talk about in terms of international marketplaces. The invitation is open uh, for you to always hop on, Yana, in terms Great. of just Thank a specific so niche. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to leave us with what's, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have specific questions about growth internationally or how can they... Um, you know, individually work with you? What, what's the best way to do that? Right. Uh, so I would love to, to, to have, uh, to have you ask questions. Uh, I love uh, helping people. I'm really passionate about what, what I do. Uh, so you can reach out to me. You can add me on Facebook. Uh, it's Jana Krekic, K-R-E-K-I-C, or you can like our Facebook page, Wild Tea Translations. Uh, we always uh, post uh, some really good uh, international related uh, feedback, some new things where always trying to be up to date with some very you know uh, things that uh, concern international sellings and some really cool hacks or tips that can um, help you scale your business and which you can definitely try out yourself uh this is something which i always encourage you know i really like to put out some content and then i get feedback from people saying you know we all we did this we tried this or not you know so I just always think it's about uh, giving out some really free good content and not hiding or trying to, you know, charge for something that, you know, will help people. Definitely. I think people uh, appreciate that a lot. A hundred percent. And I can speak for, I, hopefully I can speak for you and say, we'll hear a lot more from you in the Amazon space. Uh, if you haven't talked to Yana and her team, definitely reach out if you're looking for more international uh, expansion advice. Uh, and we look forward to working with you guys as a company uh, uh, moving forward too as well. But thank you so much for hopping on today. I know it's it's kind of later in the day for you uh, where you're located. I know we're just getting started here in the United States, but love love the content you shared today. Um, and thank you for joining us today. Again, follow you on, on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, don't have a YouTube page, right? But uh, No, I don't have a YouTube page, but I have uh, Instagram. We have LinkedIn. We have Facebook. So YouTube maybe soon to come. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. You never know what, what stuff like this. You it, never know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm well. I appreciate that. Follow them on all those social channels. Uh, I'm Ryan Kramer. I'm the affiliate marketing manager here. You can follow me individually on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and then follow Ping Pong Payments on YouTube, uh, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. So thank you so much, Yana of YLT Translations, for joining us today. This is Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. Join us next week as we go back live with uh, multiple different people and getting perspective in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Uh, thank you again, Yana. Thank you so much for having me and stay safe and healthy, guys. Absolutely. Stay safe, everyone.